Start your sublight engines. It's time for RuPaul's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Question mark. <laughs> Thank you so much for sticking with us while we took our hiatus during the strikes. And then when a bunch of stuff got thrown at us. Um, the other thing is, since there aren't many major Star Wars projects right now, we are returning. We're here with a new series, a very special series. Um, we are calling it RuPaul's Day Off, which is where... Each episode is going to be about a non-Star Wars piece of media that we all love. We might not all be in every episode, but hopefully most of us will be in most of them. So we're going to be doing that. So you have that to look forward to. And at the end of the episode, we're going to talk about what we're going to do in the next one. Um, but in another note, something that we wanted to talk about is that we've decided to steer away from doing episodes about Star Wars exclusively right now um and one of the reasons for that is the palestinian boycott divestment and sanctions the, the bds movement as you've probably heard of if you're online at all um there's a call to put pressure on disney um but it is not a boycott so it is not like a completely stop engaging with disney completely stop talking about it etc um but there is a call to for fans and consumers to sort of be aware of Disney's donations to Israel and the inaction that it has taken in the face of the genocide that is happening right now in Palestine. Um, if you want to learn more about BDS and its call to action and Disney's statements on Israel, there are some links in the show notes. Please check those out. It's really important to stay informed right now. And, you know, as you can probably figure by everything we have talked about in this podcast and all of our political statements, is that we are very pro-Palestine on this podcast and we support the end of the occupation and the end of this genocide, as I think, you know, is the right thing to do. Um, so this probably isn't a surprise to hear, but, you know, like I said, it's not a boycott, but we didn't feel comfortable talking solely about a Disney property while there is pressure on disney and that's not to say we will never talk about star wars again it's not to say that we might you know it's not to say that we won't talk about star wars on our personal accounts or even bring it up here but it just didn't feel right to talk about it solely this is a choice we've made for our show for the time being and we want to do everything we can to emphasize putting pressure on disney and bring attention to this movement so check out bds's website um, check out the links in the show notes and free Palestine, right? But that being said, I know everybody's here. We're all excited to see about this new series, What is Rupelps Up To Now? The Epic Return. Today, we are excited to bring you coverage of a movie that we have talked about many a time. Be prepared for Rupelps day off's coverage of the hit film Megan. My name is Ollie. I use any pronouns. You can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh. That's fresh with a PH. And my gender this week is the hit songwriter Brian Jordan Alvarez, who you may know you may know is um from the gay and wondrous life of Caleb Gallo, or as the kids now know him as the writer of the song Sitting. So I would definitely check that out. But I was very shocked to see him in this movie. Very excited. It brings so much joy. So excited he's doing things. 
Hi, my name is Claudia. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. And yes, I have finally watched Megan. I did it for us today. My gender this week is, oh, so she's a child ripoff of GLaDOS. This made me think about Portal. Okay, and and <laughs> Noah is rolling his eyes. <laughs> Every single because... jaw in this recording just dropped. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, how could you fucking say that about I... her? Listen, she's never going to be, she's not going to, she's never going to be GLaDOS. Me when I lie. <laughs> Literally, me when I lie. She she's not trying to be Glados. She is not. Gl- yeah, she's not trying to. Glados was her own person. Hat right now, like <laughs> Glados walked so she could run, but like, and so she could dance uh, okay, and play, hey, or whatever. But like, um, actually, Glados didn't walk. She was literally mounted from the ceiling. So <laughs> okay, and then she was a potato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. We get it. But I, I'll talk further about that later. But that's all I have to say. And yes. After over a year, because I think Megan came out last January. January I finally- 6th. <laughs> January 6th. I watched it the day it came out. And where where was she on January 6th? Do we know? <laughs> Shut up. Where was I mean, she? It was definitely the most important thing to have ever happened on January 6th. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything else, so. Okay. Anyway. Hi, I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on social media at Kawaii Jessio. And my gender this week is if heaven exists, it wouldn't be for people who took a year to watch Megan like Claudia. Now would it? You know, okay, yes. quick. <laughs> start singing. I start need singing, you to know singing. we're recording. We're recording on um, January 2nd, uh, but Claudia did just watch Megan for the first time on December 30th, and Megan came out on January 6th, so it you took know? like a whole year, and it's because we're like, we're going to record a Megan episode, and you're not invited if you don't if you don't watch Megan, Claudia. We had to set an ultimatum. I mean, I considered not watching it because I was like... Because then the bit is over, you know? The, like, I then... And I did consider watching it. And your just bit met- has been over for a while. Because <laughs> I was going to materialize in your house like Megan. You were going to hear, like, <laughs> spoilers for Megan. <laughs> you're going to hear the piano playing. And you're going to be like, um, Alexa, turn on the lights. And then Alexa's not going to turn on the lights. And then suddenly I'm sitting there playing the piano like Megan. S- that would be so slay if Jess did that. I also feel like a bit has to be funny. Oh my god! You so, guys are the ones who made so up true. the bit. I just said I had no, to watch Megan, and you, you guys no, kept bringing it up every week because we wanted to share our movie yeah. with you because you're a friend that we love. <laughs> we wanted to share the hyperfixation at that like time with you, and you refused. You didn't want to accept our love and our friendship. Okay, well, I watched Megan, so be happy and. Let me just say, Jess said that they had two genders, and they were like, should I choose the funny one or the one that attacks someone here? And we all said... You guys said, choose the one that attacks someone. So... so And I I stand by that. And I stand by that. No regrets for me. Um, 
I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on social media pretty much anywhere at the Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is Girls Season 7, Episode 1, Marnie's Day Off. (laughs) Because the entire time that I was watching this movie, I could not stop thinking about the fact that Allison Williams also plays Marnie Michaels in Lena Dunham's Girls. And I was like, what if this is just an unregistered episode of Girls? Like... She just, she got a job making robots in the show known as Girls. So, okay, so I like the idea that this is like the Alice and Williams cinematic universe where she is Marnie and everything that she is in. Because I like the idea of her in Get Out also being, like, this is the same character she was in Get Out and also the same character that she was in the NBC live musical Peter Pan when she played Peter Pan. Um, So I, I do like this extended universe. I'm just saying, building an android that, well, spoilers for Megan, building an android that does some fuck shit is Marnie Michaels' behavior, and I stand by that. I promise this is the last girl's reference I will make in this episode, hopefully. That's a lie, and we all yeah, know it. Ugh. Every time I think about the fact that Brian Williams is her dad, I laugh. Um. Anyway, so she also had a very good statement about nepotism and how she was like, yeah. I am a Nepo baby. (laughs) And that's, you know, we just need to talk about, it's a conversation about privilege and all of you who are saying it's more than that are fucking idiots. Ben Platt. She's, it's Ben Platt. (laughs) She's kind of that girl. She would beat Ben Platt to death with hammers. I'll tell you that much. Dear Evan Hansen versus Megan. (laughs) Gemma, no. She She is. Push that kid out of the tree, sorry. (laughs) If you don't follow us on social media or you know, are just constantly checking to see if Ollie and I are engaged. We did get engaged in the in the past year, so yeah, in June. So in June, you've had a long time to figure it out. Well, so. I was gonna say it was like a Zebby's treat, right? Anyways, I'm Mel. <laughs> I use they them pronouns. Um, you can find me on social media anywhere um, at Melvin Copa. Um, and my gender this week is the Megpire Strikes Back. Oh, so true. <laughs> That'll be Megan too. Um, I think. Okay, here's the problem with with when we talk about the Megan sequel, which is going to happen. What the fuck is it going to be called? Is it there going to be a four in the title? It's Megan two point oh. Is what it's. Yeah. I don't know how to. I don't know how to tell you this, but um, the second Megan movie is actually an intersection crossover with the. It's if you gotta be the Ma franchise. If you I say Ma, sixteen, it is Magen. The name of the next film is Magen. And, and would you believe I actually already made a poster for that movie because I did, uh, I'm sure <laughs> like a while did. ago. Like that's, actually, I, that's like less shocking than if you hadn't. Honestly, um, yeah, the it's the movie have... before the last Ma film, which is the Matrix. So I'm just gonna put that out there. According, <laughs> according to Digital Spy UK as of 11 hours ago, Megan 2, which is called Megan 2.0, gets a promising update ahead of it. It's, it's slated to come out January 2025. Um, Blumhouse Vice President just said that it is already underway. We haven't started shooting, but we're aiming towards that January release date. So they're kicking it high I'm here. seated. I'm already seated. Like I'm waiting in the theater. <laughs> As we speak. 
so let's talk um i think something we're trying to figure out how we're gonna format these episodes so if this doesn't work sorry it's the first one um we're gonna kind of give our little pitch as to what the movie is about in broad in a broad sense and why you should watch it if you haven't watched it so this is gonna be our spoiler free part and we will let you know when we're shifting into spoiler territory so if you care about spoilers for megan you're okay right now but shortly we will talk about spoilers so keep that in mind yeah i'm i think something that is very fun i feel like this movie is very timely um because the premise of the movie is that it's about this woman who is an inventor who works at a toy company and her niece's parents die so she takes her in and then has to try to figure out how to raise her and makes this crazy fucked up doll that has a very aggressive ai that is like i'm gonna be this girl's best friend and take care of her and then she gets kind of fucked up because it's a horror movie so that's like the general premise i mean that's the that's spoilers to be i mean that's kind of the whole thing like there's not, that's, the, not that's just the trailer that, that's that's like that's True. like what's in the trailer i think that a lot of people didn't get Megan. You know, they were saying, like, it's a horror movie and, like, that she kills people and she wields a, a large paper cutter like a sword. But I think ultimately okay, it's now, just a, now that's a spoiler. That's, that's, that's in the trailer. That's, that's in literally the trailer. in the first trailer for the movie. Okay, never mind. I will, I will be silent. I'm so sorry. The need to hear my own voice is, is attacking me right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think that Megan is a story about women. And it's a story about overcoming odds. And yes, there are a few people that die along the way, but honestly, it's like, I'm okay with that. And I think she's very strong for doing what she did, and she did what she had to do. <laughs> that's yeah, what I think um, this movie about a killer robot always, doll is about. As I always like to say... Sorry, I sneezed. I muted myself when I sneezed. <laughs> okay, but no, as I always like to say, um, yes, I support women's rights, but I also support women's wrongs. So, um, Megan, I support you, girl. Um, Gemma, since you technically created Megan, I support your wrongs, too. See, I think the moral of the story of this movie is that women in STEM maybe aren't so great. I mean, I've, I've no, cause the feminism of this movie is that Gemma is kind of shitty. Um, and also like, she's the reason that all of this happens. Cause they're literally like, girl, like you didn't put any parental law. Oh, that's that, Again. We're getting spoilers here. But, like, Again, you I said, I support women's wrongs. Like you, 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 I, I didn't say I didn't support her. I'm just saying it's like women can be shitty too, especially women in STEM. It's very, um, Theranos bitch coded. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, no, Gemma's actually talented. So actually, that's an insult. That's an insult. Um, but Gemma did several things where I was like, "Girl, what are you talking about?" Elizabeth Holmes is talented at lying, <laughs> at, at at acting, at acting, okay. at going to prison, and going to. Okay, I will say in Gemma's defense, if you. If you just say every time she does something wrong or questionable, it's she's just she's just autistic coded. I like, will say that I I do love representation of of an autistic woman. We love that. We love that. 
everyone around her was like, hey, girl, did you think of this? She's like, no. Hmm. Maybe. Guess I didn't think of that. It's interesting because I, I the problem with this movie is that jokingly, of course, I love it. But I also love it just from like a, the standpoint of like, I just think it's interesting what it has to say about women who choose who are not choosing to have children necessarily but then get children and like what does that mean like having to unpack that and then also like first of all I don't actually love what it has to say about that because it's like motherhood but also like I I don't know there's a lot to unpack there I am also I just am interesting I am just interested how the film interrogates also um a kind of rising concern amongst parents like parental fears of like screen time and like how much parenting are parents doing as opposed to just like creating these little crotch goblins that become ipad babies yeah become ipad babies and become like very like aggressive this movie rewatching it the other day i forgot how like fucked up katie is at in certain points of the movie mind you she's a little girl who just lost both of her parents that being said Gemma, you needed to to do more i think that's kind of the point of the movie though i know it's the point but i'm like girl we needed we didn't need the fuck ass therapist okay now we're getting into (laughs) spoilers guys this is we're trying to do our spoiler free pitch no, no spoilers. I will say that I know you, Sir Lee, you were like, oh, it's not a horror movie. But is it not a horror movie if it uses something scary to give us a commentary about our our current anxieties in society? One of which being, what if my child becomes an iPad baby in the bad way? Yeah, Who'd no, I thought? completely agree. I think, I think that this film is horrific on all fronts. Do we but want to talk funny. about spoilers? It is funny. Yeah. Do we want to talk? Let's go. <laughs> Claudia, what was your question about? Th- okay, so spoilers for Megan. <laughs> just so you guys know. <laughs> Okay. In case you missed it. That therapist, she's supposedly sent by the state. And then why is she showing up at the, like, private sessions at the corporation? Was she like, yeah, let's have our private session at my office in the weird staging room? I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, no person from the state is going to do that. Like, I, it didn't make any sense to me. I was like, okay. Okay. Well, first of all, she should have been a fucking social worker. So get that straight. Yeah. Let's get that straight. Homegirl, why were you like some kind of like, like family therapist going in there when like also I'm sorry, just like her whole entire that session I was like, what the fuck are we doing? No, also I was obsessed with how when she was like, they're just they're just toys. It's not that hard. And I was like, if I was Gemma, I would have like no because like yeah no because I felt that way too. We're just like oh yeah they're just toys and like I was like maybe to you. But maybe to me, they're special, so shut the fuck up. I was like, I'm so sorry, Gemma. I'm so sorry. As she, like, had to rip open the fucking box. I was just like, no. And that therapist was wrong about, like, literally so many things. What was it? She talks about attachment theory. She talks about attachment theory. She's not technically wrong, per se, but how she said it was, like, weird and, like, not right. Because she talks about when she's like, oh, attachment theory is when a child clings to a person who enters their life after like the loss of their primary caregiver and then they start to think of that person as being the primary caregiver and she's worried that katie is gonna latch on to megan which i think is like a good point but i don't think is actually what attachment theory is 
it's definitely just some creative screenwriting. They were like, yeah, I Googled a little, and then we're, that's what we're going to make it be that. And you know what? I'm okay with movie logic sometimes. I'm okay with it. I will like say. Like when Megan drives a car. Yeah. I, and I will also say the, the one time that I was like, okay, Gemma kind of popped off was when everyone was criticizing her for having the collectibles. And I was like, oh, so a childless woman can't have some expensive collectibles? That's bad. And I will say it is it is both sexist and also equality because it's sex it's sexist and then it's like it's it's equality because it's like look a, a, a nerdy person in STEM who gets made fun of for having collectible toys in their fucking basement or whatever can be a woman too, and then but it's also sexist because it's like well she doesn't she's she's not a good caregiver. And not like a woman should and doesn't have any womanly, you know, care about children. And the only thing she, the only thing she likes about toys is, you know, to collect them or to build them. And that's not womanly. And so I'm like, we win it. We won. We won and we lost, you know. See, I feel like I feel like I kind of feel the opposite in the way that I think it was kind of fresh. Like, I thought it was kind of cool because we're seeing a woman um, who does not display all of the traditional sort of trappings of motherhood um who is has this thrust upon her and i i think that it's really interesting to see that being married and to see it because i feel like the movie is like it like clearly the thing is Gemma having to learn like what is you know what do you do in this situation where you have no experience and you don't know and you've never had a drive to do that and i don't quite I didn't quite get the vibe that it was trying to say, like, oh, it's bad that she is not particularly motherly. I thought it was more a state, more like a, it's about, like, having to learn about the, it, like, it was more of a lesson in trauma and more of a lesson in doing what you have to do as opposed to a lesson of every, like, women should be motherly. I feel like that is the lesson that someone like us who has critical thinking and a like nuance might take. But the the view that someone who is just like, oh, well, iPads turn people's brains to mush and what and and, you know, and, you know, the 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 parents these days are so bad with their kids, whatever. Like if they were to watch this and be like, yeah, see, because she only cares about building her device, et cetera. Like I, 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 it almost feels like it. De- it depends on the viewer what they, the message they take away, almost. But um, I just found that. Well, and then there's this added element of like, it's not just that she's just she's not just like building Megan to be like, oh, what if she helped my niece? She's building Megan for capitalist gain, and then she's like, oh, it could also help my niece. Ah, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think one thing that's like tied up in that for me is like. It's difficult to make this one-to-one comparison between, like, iPad babies and Megan babies because the thing about Megan is, like, she's not an iPad. She is a person-sized, almost person intelligence by the end of the movie who's, like, a constant physical companion. It's not like Cocomelon. Megan can do your taxes for you. <laughs> like, so I, I just, I kept thinking about, like, okay, what if she had not turned evil? What happens when you age out of your Megan, you know, like this is not going to be in your life forever. Do you just get like larger and larger Megans? Are they human sized? Right. But but I don't know. It was just like preteen upgrade. So part of me is like, okay, this is because Marnie is not being a good parent and she's, you know, allocated 
she's she's delegated parenting away to this robot instead of doing it herself but the other part of me is like she's also kind of right at first like she's not equipped for parenthood she doesn't have the physical space or the time or the energy or the skills so i'm like i don't know i kind of get why she does what she does and then megan is like i have to be a murderer and then it's like okay well the fun's over for everybody we have to move on Number one, I think that what happens when you age out of your Megan, I think that's going to be the plot of the second movie. Number two, um, I also think it's interesting that, like, this idea of, like, a an artificial intelligence that is, like, becomes, like, an actual person, like, that's a very common thing in science fiction, Um and usually it's in the in it's in the context of like for adults like a sex doll or something like that like that's common very uh, in 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 whatever and they chose to do it like a companion for a child um as like a toy but it's like is it a toy is it a parenting tool do we know like i think that's a line in the movie um i read this webtoon it's called lovebot it's really interesting um and it deals with a lot of the same shit but it was like what if it was for adults um, you should read it. It's really good. Um, there's a lot of murder in it. Um, <laughs> um, and it just, as soon as I watched this, I was like, oh, very interesting take to be like, what if we made the robots for kids? Um, because when we think of like a robot who's highly intelligent, who, who adapts to you, can do anything. We think of like helping adults with complex adult tasks, whether that is <laughs> taxes or sexual, um, <laughs> or both. Who can say, um, but i just i just thought that i just think it's that was an interesting an interesting take um and i i just thought that was interesting i totally get what you're saying and i i think i understand like noah i get your point in saying like i think i think that it's actually a kind of a good commentary on society in being like so many parents and so many people don't feel equipped to parent and don't feel equipped to handle it but part of life is like figuring that out and i think that's kind of the thing that that gemma is uh, though i think it is unintentional i think she is like jumping over like trying to avoid the learning curve of how to parent and how to be engaged in a child's life and i think that this made me really think about something and like a thing that we're talking about with ai especially because there's this whole thing with ai art right now and like you know we are delegating things to ai that like there are things that ai can be really helpful for but we are delegating the human tasks to them like art and in this movie like parenting it is that is being delegated to the ai to the robot when it's like there are you know if ai was being used for like very complicated you know deep like medical tasks or like working with huge data sets or doing like manual like do, doing labor that could you know I, I'm always hesitant to talk about like AI or robots doing any sort of like quote manual labor because a lot of like manual labor jobs are jobs for people so I, I'm always cautious to say because I think that's one of the things people are like oh well AI could do these physical jobs and it's like well those are some people's careers those are some people's jobs so I'm always cautious about AI but I think that there is a conversation to be had about what AI can do but this is a perfect example of ai not being delegated the human the very intrinsic human experiences and human things like parenting or like art or like creation that kind of stuff 
I don't know. I just think this movie has a lot to say about that, and I think it's interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the other part of it, too, is, like, I think I think that's a lesson that Gemma has to, like, learn in this movie by the end of it. She's like, hey, it might have been bad that I asked a robot to parent my, like, the child that I'm now taking care of. Because, like, even, because I'm honestly, like, there's a turning point in the movie where Gemma is like, you're right, we should not be using Megan to parent this child. And that's before anybody's quite clear on the fact that Megan has been murdering um, animals and unsuspecting neighbors, like, they they make that choice regardless of that and I'm like oh well she also is a physical danger to others so we have to deal with that and put her down like old yeller um but the thing is like the thing about ai outside of science fiction is it can't really create it can only emulate and like put things back together i think especially with ai art that's why i see a lot of people being like ai art is so cool and it's like it has to source all its things from somewhere it can't generate them autonomously on its own um, and I don't think that it will be able to do that for a, a very long time. I also think though that it's interesting, you know, you, like you bring up like AI replacement of like manual labor tasks or, or perhaps like very dangerous tasks that like humans, it's better if we maybe were not doing those things. Um, but the other thing too, is like, because we live in a capitalist nightmare world, instead of that being a tool, it's like, it's, it's a detriment we have to deal with. Um, so I, I don't know. I think this movie <laughs> is ridiculously funny, but I'm also amazed and happy that we're having like an attempted intelligent conversation about the themes of a film whose ultimate like ism is this robot girl has <laughs> gone on a killing spree. Attempted intelligent conversation should be the name of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What we do every episode where we're like, we're silly. And then we have like an attempted intelligent conversation. And then we go back to being silly. Like that's, that's what we, that's our brand. That's what we do. If we apply queer theory to Megan, we can sure. <laughs> oh my God. I was going to bring up, honestly, the more we're talking about this, the more this feels like a, a Frankenstein-esque like thing again of like people creating things they shouldn't be and trying to play god <laughs> and i was just like is megan like frankenstein let us discuss <laughs> that's interesting i like i like that thought i feel like i don't know you have read frankenstein i i have i read it quite recently and i'm gonna say i feel like frankenstein and i feel like frankenstein's monster and megan would cut it up um i feel like they could team up and I think that, I think, you know, I know, like, they're trying to do, like, you know, I know Universal, or was it Warner Brothers, tried to have, like, this monster <laughs> movie cinematic universe. And I think that we really are, like, like instead of focusing on the Mummy reboot, maybe we should focus on Megan and Frankenstein getting together. I know that that's, like... Frankenstein's you know, fr monster. It's Gemma and Dr. Frankenstein with Megan no, and Gemma Frankenstein's monster. Gemma would beat the fuck out of Dr. Frankenstein. No, I Let's agree. I agree. Also, okay, you know what? I was also thinking, this is Megan so separate, Stein. I'm so sorry, Gemma would beat the fuck out of William Afton, and then Bruce would, Bruce would <laughs> fucking come in and kill them all. I'm just um, Ollie and I have had this discussion before about <laughs> <laughs> William Afton and, and Gemma and Megan. Uh, I'm just saying, Will, William Afton is to the animatronics from Five Nights at Freddy's as Gemma is to... Megan. 
Okay, this is gonna be so. This is so niche. Is the problem. That being said, I you know who's another another fucked up little guy we need to add to the <gasps> cinematic monster universe? Yes. Monstrilio. Yes. Yes. I'm saying okay. Magos. <laughs> okay. I just want to. Mal. Wait, no. 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 Mal, did you see oh the chat? God. Did you see the chat? Because I literally just said Monstrilio reference incoming. It's only a matter of time before Mal makes a Monstrilio reference. Monstrilio, my bestie. Okay. Monstrilio is like contemporary Frankenstein. If Frankenstein was made out of a boy's lung. Mean Frankenstein's know? monster. No, Frankenstein the man. No, I just, I feel like actually Monstrilio, not because once again, I haven't read Frankenstein, so I can't speak to that. But for Monstrilio, where it's like, that's a monster you've created. You can pretend like it's going to be something else. But at the end of the day, Monstrilio go to Monstrilio. So like, you guys should read Monstrilio. Read Monstrilio. It is a great book. We were we were talking about like the like the origins of this kind of story being Frankenstein, which is many people credit as the beginning of science fiction itself. And it's interesting that before we were like, is this a horror movie or not? Um, because technically, the first science fiction story was a bit more horror than one might say. So maybe Megan is more in the tradition. Also, fe- feminism. A woman wrote Frankenstein, so created science fiction, and then we have Megan. So one could say, is is Megan the modern modern Frankenstein adaptation? Discuss. <laughs> I would say it's one of the probably one of the one. I, no, because here's the thing: the thing about Frankenstein is that Frankenstein is born anew, and like when he comes, Frankenstein's monster when he comes to exist, his whole thing is that he wants to be cared about, he wants to be cared for, he wants to be loved, he wants to have community. Megan does not give a fuck about that. I disagree. Same, Mel. Because initially, in in one of Gemma and Megan's last conversations, Megan's like, do you not remember when you created me initially? Oh, shit, you're right. She was like, oh, my God, like, girl, what the fuck? You you totally, like, abandoned me, and, like, I'm just, like, some kind of side project to you. You were, like, the only thing that was important to me. Oh, my God, yeah. So, like, in that In that same... In that same conversation, I believe Megan says something to the effect of, like, you have given me an AI that you cannot possibly comprehend, like, the, like, the, what's going to happen down the line, which is not dissimilar, yeah, in, in that sense of the, of the monster being, like, you created me with, like, no afterthought in mind as to what would happen if you succeeded. Um, maybe, Fra- maybe, uh, maybe Frankenstein's monster and Megan could be, could be divas together. I think that they could do that. And in that same conversation was when she uttered, you know something, Gemma, you're exhausting. <laughs> Can I just say that's, that, that is like, line. that's like the best line in the entire movie. And she says that she just sounds so over it at that point. She has, I have a list I've written down of my favorite Megan lines. I can get to it later, but I just, I do need to go through that as like a laundry list when we uh, get towards the end of our discussion. Yeah. Also, um, I know like, Ollie saying like you know Frankenstein's monster like wanting that like you know that community and everything and like wanting to like take care of like or be cared for where it's like Megan kind of wants to care for something and that something being like you know um Katie so I was just like they're kind of opposites but also the same so they'd be a great team up Yes, again, a great team up if Frankenstein's monster and Megan teamed up. Universal Dark Universe, we've got the idea 
It's and Megan it has to be the star of the dark universe and everyone is around her. Like that's that's what it has to be. Also, also, I just want to say, speaking on Dr. Frankenstein and Gemma, they really embody the whole like very smart person in STEM, but really pathetic. Like everybody hated Dr. Frankenstein. Like he was so pathetic. And Gemma is like I don't like, think girl, Gemma is pathetic. No, because we see her getting her ass beat by by her like her boss is like, can you just like do your actual job? And then we see like she's obnoxious to her neighbors. Can I just say, wait, wait, oh, no. oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do I do I do I like her her neighbor who can't keep her dog ready? No, but I will say it is Gemma's fault for not fixing her fuck ass fence. Okay, it's not her fault that the dog died, but like I'm saying. Every time no, no, she has an issue, no, 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 that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. No, I'm saying every she was she was already annoyed with her neighbor and would be like, "Oh, your dog's always here, like pooping or whatever." And I'm like, "Well, that's your fault because you didn't fix your fence. It's your fence. She can't fix it. It's yours." Like, okay, that is a conversation to be had. But also, here's another thing I noticed because she's like, "You need to fix your fence." There's no front. To the fence in the yard. The dog could run around the fence. Like, it also, this, yeah, this yeah. woman should that's not true. have her. Yeah. Like, well, the that's... point is, is that the woman should not have her dog outside all well, the time. Well, isn't, like, isn't that why she said she has a shock collar because it's an electric fence? No, she said she just got a shock collar. Like, in the very beginning of the movie, she just yeah. got a shock collar. Also, I don't know. Me personally, I know a lot of people who got a dog who should not have ever gotten a dog and can't handle having a dog. And then they're like, yes. oh, sorry, he's a little bit weird. And it's like, he's shit on my lawn twice and bit a child. Like, what are you talking about? I don't know. Also, <laughs> the thing about, like, the thing about Victor Frankenstein, he sucks. Like, he, nobody, I think he, doesn't he have, like, one friend? And, like, that's it. His cousin wife? No, no, no. His no, cousin it's, wife. It's, he has <laughs> one friend whose name escapes me, but was, like, literally his only friend who I was like, they're giving kind of a gay vibe. And I am mad I can't remember his name. But, like, Gemma. But he, was, like, he came to visit Victor and was like, oh, my God, bestie, I'm here. Why do you look like you're experiencing the horrors? And he's like, "Don't worry about it." I well, no, is that not Gemma's little sleigh friend who does the art and stuff? But okay, but like Gemma's coworkers me. like her, and like they respect yeah. her work. Like I don't, I don't think she's a person of pathetic experience. I think she's just an adult with a job. I don't know. Uh, speaking of adults with jobs, I'll say this: the most unrealistic part of Megan is that at the end, the Department of Defense didn't show up and be like, can we hire you? <laughs> Gay girl, no, do you want to hang the sequel out? Is, no, no, the sequel is called Raytheon with a three. <laughs> Raytheon? <laughs> Here's my thing about the end of the film. Because they're like, her friends like show up in the police car outside of their house. I'm like, they are going to prison, right? Like all three of them are going to prison because they are like, at the very least, that's criminally negligent. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's like what SNL, I was thinking about, too. Like, SNL is doing a sketch about Megan, both literally, but, like, in-universe, in they're doing a... It's the fucking, like, mer- the, the submersible of of their world. Yeah, again, we're... Ha- good thing that the... I, I'm hoping that they that they were in, in the Megan universe, there was a writer strike, so they never got the chance to do a Megan skit, um, much as there was a writer strike when the Ocean Gate sub happened, so... No uh, SNL skit, but yeah, no, I'm just, I know that, like, all of them were going to have, like, she killed, like, three people, and you know, after this happened, 
you know, like, after this, like, her boss dying and all this stuff happens, you know they're gonna be like, okay, that fucked up doll did that. So, because, and because at first it was like, oh, you would think that, like, Megan's framing the boss's David, his assistant, as doing it. And that is, at first I'm like, oh, well, that's what they think, so that's how Gemma doesn't get in trouble. But then it's like, why do they show up with police cars at her house after? Because they know about the doll. They know about Megan. Yeah. So like, now they're going to be like, oh, Megan killed people. What about that little boy that Gemma definitely said had no idea? Like, Gemma's going to jail. <laughs> Megan, too, is just their trial. They're, it's just, like, them in a courtroom. No. no One but I angry think Megan. <laughs> I, I think a workaround for that is that they still believe that, you know, um, the boss and like his little assistant like did like murder suicide thing and that like they only went to like with the police to check on them because of Megan attacking her her besties and like trying to blow them up but then they might still be like oh yeah and then this also happened like that has nothing to do with <laughs> Megan almost killing us here Megan didn't actually kill anyone though she just attempted murder <laughs> and we have decommissioned her so I think that probably would be the workaround there cause like unless I mean they're in a big fuck ass like rich like toy company building why aren't there cameras in that elevator but uh <laughs> well, but um it could also be that because the toy company has the money, they're going to be like, we're going to cover this the fuck up. That's true, too. Mm-hmm. That's probably how Megan will be able to murder again in the second one is because the toy company is going to try to cover it up because the rest of their stock price is going down. You know, see, that's I thought that the whole entire thing was at the end of the movie was that Megan's consciousness went into the like Alexa yeah. creature. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is just like this thing between us. <laughs> Mel, if referencing a horror novel was, was illegal. illegal. Take me away, boys. I'm just, uh, but I'm also like, okay, the only murder, let's see, because she did push the little boy into traffic, but I think it'd be hard. No, she didn't. She chased him. He fell into traffic. Oh, okay. That's not even murder then. It's like she did, yeah, she just ripped his ear off. It's like, yeah. No, so, okay. But then, I guess the only murder that she's, like, gonna be tied to if they bought the murder-suicide angle of the boss and his assistant is the neighbor who she murders with, I believe, herbicide, if I remember correctly. She uses, like, It was a power-washing hose. Yeah. Yeah, my girl Yeah, it was a power-washer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. One thing is that um, I think that Gemma will get bailed out of whatever happens to her by the U.S. government that really wants to employ my girl. Oh, my God. Oh, see, I thought you were going to reference girls again. I thought you were going to be like, Lena Dunham's going to come get her out <laughs> no. of jail. Post credit scene. <laughs> Lena, wait, Lena, Lena Dunham is going to play the recruiter from Lockheed Martin. No, no. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think... Technically, you know, they they didn't have proof of Megan killing the, the neighbor, too. So, like, that could also get swept under the rug. Because, you know, yeah, they're just like, oh, yeah, your neighbor died. Oh, that's, that's so weird. What, what the fuck? I'm just saying it's all- Hannah Horvath would get a job at Lockheed Martin. That would not surprise me in the slightest. Oh I'm Remember sorry. earlier in the episode when... when, when I didn't God, start this. No I didn't start this. Ollie's the one who made a girl's reference. I'm just ripping off I of made, I made one reference, and then you took it to another level. So, 
I think it's really funny how the man is trying to speak over everyone else on the Yeah, and about a feminist about film. Girls. Yeah. About a feminist film, Megan, and a feminist <laughs> television show, Girls. <laughs> I was thinking about this while we were watching the film. First of all, I think we watched like the unrated version because the film felt much more violent than when I we initially saw. First of all, I saw it twice. I saw it two days in a row, January 6th and January 7th, 2023. Um back to back. Anyways, yeah, we had is... talked about going to see it and then Mel went without me. And went with some coworkers and then <laughs> went without me and then said, "It's okay, we'll go the next day." And then we did. And then we did. And you already you and you told me there's a great scene where she sings and completely <laughs> I'm sorry. Spoiled the to be sings. fair, she sings multiple times. There are three songs. Yeah, there's three. Much like three songs. Much like Wonka, I felt like this should this could have benefited from the Wonka treatment. This could have been a musical. Where's the <laughs> the, the, the prequel now? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Tugan, Timothy Chalamet <laughs> as Megan. No, <laughs> no, no. Okay, wait. Also, sorry. Two th- I have, like, so many things I need to talk about real quick. First of all, we were watching this. Super violent. It also reminded me of one of the scariest things from my childhood, which was the Goosebumps episode, Night of the Living Dummy. Um, starring Hayden Christensen. Starring Hayden Christensen. Shut That's up. actually Night of the Living Dummy part three. Oh, but, sorry. But very similar plots except for slappy is much more obsessed with slavery than than i would say megan is hello yeah slappy's whole thing is he's like i want these children to be my slaves yeah yeah that's his whole thing that's like that's the only episode of that show that i've watched because mel was like we have to watch this it's so scary and i was like watching this as an adult isn't really quite all that it was terrifying Um, but I was like, yeah, I was really surprised by how much Slappy was into slavery. He was uh, not into that. Real big into slavery, actually, is the thing. Um, but I was also kind of curious to hear you guys' opinions about kind of like doll-centric media and how Megan has kind of, like, the newest iteration of Chucky, right? Like, I, I hate to say that they're anything alike. Like, I'm thinking about this and, like, there's Chucky, there's, um, oh god, what was, Annabelle, I want to put Brahms the boy up in this bitch, but I don't feel like he really had the same cultural impact as as those two others. The doll from the servant. The oh, the doll from the servant, please, please, not fucking Josiah or whatever its name is, please. We need Rupert Grint to throw Megan down the <laughs> stairs quickly. Oh my god. Oh, and then Megan. So, like, what is does what, what's the thoughts? What's the vibe? Does Five Nights at Freddy's count, or is that more in like? No, not remotely. Cur- not that, even a little bit. Because they're because they're I, no okay. They're anthropomorphic Listen to what robots. She's saying. They're anthropomorphic. Because, I'm I'm not saying it's exact because they are more a- anthropomorphic animal robots, and specifically humanoid doll is a very specific genre. But I would say like it's same vein, right? I mean, it maybe it's more same vein of like of like anxieties about ai and robots and shit like that but like thing that mm. thing that is alive that shouldn't be alive thing that is smarter that shouldn't be smarter thing that is made by human hands that should not function as it does i get what you're saying i don't know if it's the same conversation as the haunted or haunted or otherwise not normal doll is this our haunted doll watch oh my 
No, because Megan's not really haunted. Right. She's not, Megan is more haunted. Is she, is she not haunted by the specter of ca- of capitalist greed? Okay, and so now I can bring <laughs> up the specter of Marx and I can talk about hauntology. And this is where I, I get to bring theory really full circle. I'm actually not going to do that. But I, I basically, I don't think Five Nights at Freddy's counts as like, doll-centric horror because I think the critical thing about like the doll horror movies is that they're they're small and they're supposed to be like a children's toy but it, like the robots at Five Nights at Freddy's are creepy because they are large and imposing and they're like they're evil and like, I think the whole yeah like the made by human hands and like smarter than it's supposed to be is there but like I think it would be wrong to categorize them the same I will say something I find interesting about about Megan is that unlike I think most, if not all other haunted doll movies, Megan does not begin the film openly and aggressively evil. Like, cause in, in Chucky and in Annabelle, uh, and I guess to an extent in the boy, although the actual doll in the boy is not itself doing much. It's just kind of like hanging out. It's a doll. It's yeah. Um, Oh my God. <laughs> no. Um, but I mean, Megan, like, becomes evil. Because in, in Chucky and Annabelle, those girls start out ready to ready to murder. In fact, it's like Chucky's whole purpose in existence is he's like, I have survived death solely to continue going on a killing spree. <laughs> but Megan is different because Megan starts out being like, I just want to protect this child. And then she's like, wait a minute. I have two hands and I'm smarter than everybody here. I can super become a killer. Okay, but um, in Child's Play 2019, that Chucky is similar to Megan in the sense that it True. is also an AI. Granted, um, the AI got fucked up because, um, once again, it is the horrors of capitalism and overworking your workers. Spoilers for um, Child's Play 2019. <laughs> but uh, the, a worker being like, I'm a turn your fucking AI evil and then um, killing himself. So sorry to that worker. He was being overworked and then they're like, you're fired. And he's like, fuck you guys. And that specific Chucky AI um, got fucked up. But then he also was like, "Um, this is my, my little guy, my little best friend. And if anything bad happens to him, I will kill you. So uh, there's similarities to Megan in that sense, but the original Chucky obviously is like, no, he was a serial killer that was just like, ooh, voodoo, and now I'm a doll, and I'm still gonna be a serial killer, teehee. Also, now in my funny little show, um, you know, I accept murder, but I draw the, <laughs> the lines at transphobia because of my my <laughs> my gender fluid kid, like, oh yeah, that's right, gender fluid. <laughs> If you've seen that scene from the the Chucky show, that's my favorite scene ever. <laughs> it's so good. I, I this is something interesting that I will say about um kind of like this doll horror genre, um and specifically about Megan and to a lesser extent Child's Play 2019. I think with the AI stuff, like in in Child's Play 2019, it sounds like the the AI was programmed to be evil. Megan is simply like unsupervised internet access. Yeah, what yeah. Creates that, which I think is kind of an interesting thing to see what, how, how our fears surrounding AI have changed over the past like five years, because like clearly we didn't have not actually the same grasp of it, but like our kind of thoughts about how algorithms 
lead people down certain pipelines has changed drastically over the past like decade yeah well actually when i think about the plot of child's play 2019 it's more like it wasn't made to be evil it's just like he kind of like fucked up the ai code so that they couldn't control it and so like that chucky too that had started off as good because there was like no cap on his like thing or like no um protocols i guess like with what jam was like saying with like megan he kind of was just like well i'm supposed to be this kid's best friend i'm supposed to like you know protect this kid and like you know make them happy and these things are making this kid unhappy and so obviously i must turn to violence which again i guess oh my gosh i want to see child's play 2019 chucky and megan in a face off cage match Wait, they... face off like the John Travolta movie? No. <laughs> team up and they would kill transphobes together. I think that would be J.K. Rowling's end. <laughs> as, as soon as we can figure out how to get Megan across the pond. No, literally, I was just about to say, Grom's invites them over to his house. Not okay. invites them over to his house. I do also okay. like the idea and of Megan and, and Chucky being like, so you, you're, you're a doll, right? Like like us? And he's like, no, I just live in the walls. Um, this, it's not really. And they're like, oh. <laughs> Okay. A wig. Okay, but here's the thing. In Boy 2, I forgot what it's called. Boy 2, Boy two Boys, two, Tiberius. Reckoning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The doll is kind of evil. Yeah, it like, is. Like, they kind of go they Yeah, they added some supernatural on, like, element in the second we're, one, which I was just like, what's happening here? <laughs> we're really missing out on the Annabelle of it all. I feel like oh, yeah, I know. I like Annabelle. how we're just not talking about um, Annabelle. <laughs> well, because I feel like Annabelle, the thing about Annabelle is, like, she's real. Well, she's real. Second of all, Annabelle in the movie, they made her so fucking scary to look at. Like, why would... Because I know, like, I saw the Annabelle origin movie that I can't remember the name of. It's like Annabelle Creation. I saw that movie and I was like, this guy made this doll to look like his daughter, but he made the most fucking scary, ugly doll ever. If my dad made a doll and I'm like, this is supposed to be you, I would be fucking pissed. I, I I would be like, oh... So you hate me? You think I'm ugly? So you want me to die? But I mean, I get it. If my dad was like, I made this horrifying doll to look like you, I'd be like, okay, um, I'm going to kill myself. And we just got to move on with this. Um, But at least Megan has class. Like Megan, no offense to Annabelle. It's not like her. Megan is stunning. But Megan is even when she had that fuck ass little face in the beginning of the movie when her face gets stuck the debbie ryan face she was doing the debbie ryan face (laughs) she was doing the pixar like little smirk (laughs) the white elf face (laughs) (laughs) but um it was too good i know Uh, she's stunning i saw like you know the like one of the megan dolls that they used for the actual movie and took a selfie with it i will repost that picture if you guys want me to it's also the same time i took a, a selfie with the five nights at freddy's animatronics but but yeah, I was like, damn, this is actually really good looking, even though at first when I first saw like the pictures for Megan before the trailers had dropped, I was like, why does fuck ass doll have huge ass eyes? That's <laughs> I remember why she looked like that. I have I have I have something academic to say, but before I say it, um I remember seeing like the posters and trailers for Megan, like the very first one, and being like, Okay, this doll is serving. Like, and I'm not clear why, because I didn't really know what the plot was, but I remember seeing the poster and I was like, I can't tell if this is like earnestly trying to be scary or if it like wants to be funny and knows what it is. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, no, we're in for a treat. Like, this will be good. Um, To accidentally bring like 
because I, I like academically thinking about horror, unfortunately. But like, I think what's at the core of the haunted doll story is it's kind of a home invasion narrative, right? Like you bring something from the outside world that is ostensibly safe. And that's also why it matters that it maintains this like childlike um, or child associated structure because you bring something in for your kids who are the, 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 the whole center point of the home is the child. And so you've now, you've threatened the child, you've threatened the home with an outside force. I think it is actually really interesting. And I think Mel touched on this earlier that like Megan's corruption that makes her go from like perfect childhood companion to crazed murderer is literally like internet access and observation. Um, like the horror normally comes from an external force, right? Annabelle is possessed by a demon. Brahms is fucked up and living in the walls. Um, <laughs> Chucky is a serial killer who is posing as something safe that is brought into the house and then is like, ah, I have a knife. Um, but Megan ultimately is corrupted from an, an internal force from which there is no escape because of its pervasiveness, um, which I think is interesting. And also I'll just say this, the reason that doll horror cannot scare me is because I'm like, I would just pick it up and throw it. What is it gonna like? Okay, there's there's a scene where like not the, Megan. Megan well, is child size. Megan will pick you up and throw you. I wouldn't. I the other thing. Okay, I will say there is a part where um, Brian Jordan Alvarez's character Cole, I think is his name, where Gemma is like, oh well, like I'm just worried she like killed my neighbor or whatever, and he's like, she's like four feet tall. What could she do? And I thought that was really interesting because I feel like that's something that like haunted doll media but anything that has like a small antagonist like i feel like they don't often touch on that so i thought it was very interesting that they were like no we're gonna make sure that we say something we're gonna have the conscientious objector well okay i also megan is like canonically quite strong but the thing there's like there's this scene in i think it's the first chucky and he's like attacking the mom and she's holding him at like an arm's length and he's like ah like that's what he does (laughs) and she's like oh my god and like drops him and i'm like chuck he is like this big you can pick him up by one leg and like swing him back and forth into a wall megan is an industrial grade robot that i don't i'm not confident i could pick up if she was holding still i would lose if the rumors are true she is made out of titanium also why i think she's she's not exactly doll media either and is more ai horror or more closer to frankenstein than anything else because she can move around although it is interesting that we're talking about like the corruption of this thing that we think is safe right because in your traditional like fucked up doll situation like (laughs) okay I don't know what just happened, but Claudia just did a gesture, and it made balloons fly up into her little uh, green Chucky's in the <laughs> uh, Okay, but also in 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 what was it? Child's Play creation, like the recent update, didn't they make it that Chucky was a was a doll made by a corporation, much like Megan, right? In the in the recent yeah. one. Um, but what I find interesting is that it's like usually you have this corruption is like it's a doll that's normally safe, and then it's haunted by a ghost. Or it's a whatever. And then in this case, when we talk about AI and they're specifically talking about generative AI and the way that it exists now and even in fiction, it's that it's like it's training itself off of the data of humans, which in a way is also like ghosts. Um, but it's, it's training itself off the data of humans. So it's like it is 
maybe maybe it's a representation of us you know what i mean but what's interesting what i yes there's a there's a comparison to frankenstein but i was also thinking of a comparison to 2001 a space odyssey um which i made the glados joke before but she's also a reference to that as well like it all starts with 2001 a space odyssey um um but like that one is a combination of horror and sci-fi or whatever and it's 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 horrifying because like if and in that one like Hal doesn't have a body but can still be scary Megan is this like in the middle sort of situation between a Hal and like a and like a Frankenstein situation um maybe the uncanny valley between those two things is that she's no longer scary and she just serves like maybe that's the, <laughs> the, the secret of Megan so true she's scary cool I feel like she could be in, like, a Monster High character. Yes! I feel like she would fit in there. Um, But, uh, no, what I was going to say is I think – I do think it's really interesting. I I was thinking about this as, like, the intersection of sci-fi and horror because I would argue that Megan is a sci-fi movie that has elements of – that like it's a horror sci-fi. Like, it's it's kind of both. You can't divorce them from each other. But something that I was thinking – is I was like, you know what else this is reminding me of? Because there's so many stories when you think about it, about a robot getting connected to the internet and then being like, wait, I have to kill everyone. Don't say now. Ultron. Don't and say Ultron. Thinking, and I was thinking Ultron. And then I was like, but oh, fuck ass MCU Ultron where he's made by Tony Stark. Who's like, oh my God, guys, everything I do is, it's all me. I'm like, I'm sorry. If Hank Pym had created Megan, it would have been so much crazier. I'm sorry, guys. Pick up a comic book. <laughs> Sorry, I, I have a lot of feelings about Age of Ultron. Like, I could go on about it, and I need to not, because it will become, like, not fun to listen to. <laughs> Megan as voiced by James Spader. Okay, oh. wait. Okay, also, if Tony Stark had made Megan instead of Ultron in the MCU, maybe I would like him. <laughs> I, 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 I would not trust Joss Whedon with Megan. Well, yeah. You know, um, I will say I have I have two quick points. One is that I will say the only thing about the MCU Ultron that I like is I do think that James Spader as his voice actor was inspired casting, and it is like wonderful that he's so like that. Um, Ollie and I have spent hours talking about Age of Ultron, so we can't do that here. No. Can I? I have to make one aside really quick about Age of Ultron and why I think it fails. Because Tony Stark is like, I'm going to stop making weapons in Iron Man. And then he's like, what if I kept making weapons? But the other thing is that in the comic book, Hank Pym is one of the Avengers, right? And his whole thing is that he's a pacifist, which is like his entire character. But, you know, let's it's not important to put that in the MCU. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway. But the whole thing is that he's a pacifist. And Ultron is based off of his brainwaves because he's like, we need to make, like, a prison guard who can rehabilitate people who is based on me because I'm a pacifist and it's going to make this a lot easier and more humane. And then the robot Ultron becomes like evil is like, we need to destroy humanity. And his whole thing is that he's like, Oh my God, it's my fault because I thought that like, because I was a pacifist, like I, that this wouldn't happen, but Oh my God, something's wrong with me. I'm the problem. And that's like his whole character arc. So when you have Tony Stark be like, I connected it to the internet, you lose the entire character building aspect of that as opposed to tony stark feels guilty because he made something bad what else is fucking new i guess it's only i guess it's only okay when it hurts brown people like because tony stark is like yeah i feel bad about all the weapons i created and i'm not gonna do it anymore but after like sokovia happened he has a fucking mental breakdown so i'm like okay interesting 
interesting. So when it happens to white people. Yeah, now it's a problem. Sorry. I didn't mean to go on that rant, but I just, I hate it's the okay. way that Ultron has affected the MCU. Um. Anyway, <laughs> back to Megan. <laughs> I, well, I, I was just going to say, um, in, in defense of being like Megan and GLaDOS are different because I am, I, this is the hill that I will die upon. The reason that GLaDOS is evil is because they literally put a computer chip in her that makes her not care about whether or not people live or die. Like, she herself is not an evil person. She is made to be evil. Megan, on the other hand, I think she's actually very interesting because of this point. Um, Megan also doesn't really become evil because she gets like, she like goes online and it's like, oh my God. Like, 4chan alone, like, we have got to get rid of these people, right? Like, she becomes evil because gradually, in her eyes, the only way to be an effective caretaker is to physically murder the people that are causing Katie harm, um, which I think is, like, an, an interesting concept for, like, as a for as a character driver of, like, I, I don't know. I think it's very boring whenever a robot is, like, I saw YouTube humanity has to be destroyed like megan was like no like it's fine it's just that like i have the power to do something about it so i'm gonna be horrible for a sec and it's like okay you've got me there like i don't know she's the other problem with me is that like megan is so fun to watch do bad things that it's difficult for me to interrogate the badness of her actions without being like "Ooh, she served (laughs) like I think if this were a male robot, I'd be like, oh my god, guys, I, I don't know. But, like, because it's Megan, I'm like, oh my god, yes, she's the little boy. Well, wait, you were saying about how, like, oh, it's not interesting when they've, like, seen the internet, whatever. It's interesting, like, she is trained on the internet, on traditional AI models, on whatever. So she's seen it all. It's her seeing people in real life that makes her go, you know what? They gotta go. Um... And and she she kills for love and and when I said I compared her to Glados, it was not an exact one to one. It was just that for me, um, whenever you have an artificial intelligence, whatever, who's kind of a bitch, um, I think it's funny. Like when she said, "Like you exhaust me," it was so Glados coded to me. I was like, "There's something hilarious to me when it's like she's not just killing people; she's also kind of a narcissistic bitch." And I kind of love that. Um. And I also, you know, at the end of Portal, like she survives. You see Glados in the, in the in the potato. So there's that. Anyway, I think if Megan and Glados did um, uh, a duet of Still Alive, it would be really funny. I will say, going back to what Noah said about being like it's hard to interrogate Megan's bad things because she's just so damn cunty. I think about like watching the movie my first reaction after I saw it in theaters is I was like that was great like I enjoyed it a lot but I wanted her to kill more people like I wanted her to like walk out of that company and have like a like her like an action film sequence of her fighting bodyguards in the hallway and I realized that would be harder to set it up to like save save face for Gemma and make it like because at least at the end of the movie I walk away being like okay maybe like I personally am like she's going to fucking jail but like setting it up in the way that it's like okay two people died which is a lot of people to die but like you can see how that would be twisted so the liability is not on Gemma but in my fantasy Megan walks down that damn hallway and is doing dances as she as she destroys people with that paper cutter I think if I remember correctly um, the director or writer, I forget, 
it's been this has been like a year since I I read this that they had actually originally planned for it to be more gruesome and for Megan to have a way higher kill count. Like Megan was also supposed to kill, you know, Gemma's friends. They weren't supposed to come out of that alive. But then they're like, uh, this might be like detracting from other like stuff if we just turn into like a a like gore fest. So that's why they they cut it all out. And I think that's fair. I think it's I actually will say, like, despite my dream of wanting to see this crazy slasher moment i can really appreciate a filmmaker being like you know what it's taking away like this isn't about that like this is not the point of the movie and that would take away from the point so i I can actually really appreciate the restraint and my question is also like do we think the studio was like we need to keep this pg-13 like so that we can sell to more people because younger people are going to want to see this movie I'm not saying that that's what happened. I'm just saying I wonder what the production of that was I, like. I what think that, it's also what that conversation was like. I, I think it's also a like a more of a writing and like vibe decision because like a slasher does have a very specific kind of vibe, and this has more of a kind of psychological horror because the idea of an AI learning stuff about you and then being like, actually, you deserve to die. Is, it is more of a psychological horror kind of thing. So maybe that's why. Um, but I did want to say not to put Noah on blast. Because I do agree with him that I find her crimes to be cunty. Um, It is kind of a thing of like, you know, when people kind of defend their use of like, and I say quote unquote AI, generative AI, that means chat bots, that means chat GPT, that means the voice emulators, all that kind of stuff. And they, they're like, they defend it because they're like, oh, because it's funny or because they like, they did something interesting or whatever. And I'm like, it's kind of like that where it's like, okay, well, I let it slide because she's kind of funny. Um, and because she's whatever it's like almost the extreme of that which is what horror does um but it's it's almost like yeah i let it slide because she kind of serves and like we we it's deal like with George that santos yes it's like where it's like i'm saying i don't th- it's like that tiktok i saw i can't remember who made it but it was like you should not platform george santos but if you do i'm gonna watch <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it is like George Sanders, and you could say that about a lot of different things. Like, I mean, we joke about this about like Donald Trump of being like, if he wasn't a horrible person, some of the things he says are some of the funniest shit. Like, lock her up is un- unimaginably funny. Tweeting, like, you could say tweeting that about happy 9 11, even to the haters and losers. Are you kidding me? Like, do you like, think about yeah. what he called John McCain when he was like, John McCain was only oh a war hero God. because he got captured? <laughs> Um, like, yeah, you could say that about a lot of things with platform, but specifically about AI and people are like, oh, it's okay that it does this thing or does that, this bad thing because it's kind of funny looking or it's kind of, uh, or it's kind of like, you know, when people do like, you know, the toad, the, the toad voice cover of something, whatever, they're like, well, it's funny. So I let it slide this time, whatever. And like, I almost think it's the same, except for in this case, it's not like, you know, stealing the very foundation of what art is in this case it's murder um but it's funny on-screen murder um that being said i do agree with noah (laughs) i also i mean i don't know i would have liked this movie to be a bit more of a slasher to be honest just because i think that ghostface has nothing on this girl like what is he doing he's wearing a mask he's calling and being like do you like scary movies you know what megan is doing she's going you know what Gemma, you're exhausting like i just think that megan is objectively the better of like slasher protagonists i also think ultimately because i I just 
I don't know. Personally, I wanted her to have. I agree with Ollie. I, I was hoping Megan would have like a Darth Vader hallway scene or like a, a Venom lobby <laughs> scene where she's just like going to. Is that is town. that not her? Is that not her going down the hallway with the thing from the paper cutter and dancing? Well, is that not her hallway scene? It is. It is in the sense no, that Claudia, two. you're correct that it is a scene. It is a hallway scene insofar as it is a scene that takes place in a hallway. Um, but no, not I, just that. That was I mean, my moment. Like, I know. I I mean hallway scene of like picture this. Okay, the elevator opens. Megan is drenched in red emergency lighting. It's her in that paper cutter, and there's sixteen armed guards directly ahead of her, and we watch her murder them in sequence, all while doing incredible ballet choreography. And then at the end, she's just like covered in human blood, and then she gets into that car and steals it and drives away to go murder Marnie Michaels. Like that, I think would be just stunning. Um, I'm okay that it's not what we got, but I am saying in the Megan sequel where she becomes Skynet and initiates the Rapture using Terminator technology, I would like a bit more murder involved. I think. I, I love the picture that Noah has painted here. Well, uh, also, I I wanted to throw in my little side comment of freaking um, Megan could be calling up people, being like, "What's your favorite movie?" But um, um, fucking Ghostface could never be able to um sit by your bedside and sing Titanium to you. He couldn't pull it off. On that note. Would anyone mind if I went through and listed some of my favorite Megan quotes? So I think one iconic Megan quote, and I think at the more sentient she becomes, the more iconic her quotes get. Because the first one I think is a classic is Katie, seriously, flush the toilet. Like, that was iconic. Yeah, no, because, like, why was she not fucking flushing the toilet? She was fully, like, eight years old. At that point, you should know you should be flushing the toilet. She's nine. She's canonically nine, guys. We oh. were close. Me and Claudia, we're close. <laughs> yes. Um, the next one, as Jess had mentioned earlier, if heaven exists, it wouldn't be for boys like Brandon, though, would it? Bulletproof. Nothing to lose. <laughs> yes. Like, that took me so off guard. Like, that was chilling. Bone chilling. Can I say... You know, um, when I watched Megan, which is hateful that that theater was not full, there was like four other people in the theater with me and my um, younger sibling when I watched Megan on opening day. And me and my younger sibling were the loudest motherfuckers there when she started singing Titanium (laughs) and we fucking lost it. I think the next quote that I've written down is when her and Gemma are arguing and Gemma's like, Megan, turn off. And she goes, well, hold on. I thought we were having a conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that. Wait, wait. Because oh, this is, this is to my, to my earlier point about GLaDOS, even though they are not the same, what is more terrifying? You know, any, any guy in a horror movie being like, I'm going to kill you into the phone or an incredibly narcissistic woman being like, I thought we were having a conversation. You're exhausting. She's literally female rage. She's literally like, she, ex- like, what is scarier? Uh, like, a man with a knife or like a mean girl? I don't think you guys know what female rage is. <laughs> that was a, it was a joke. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, 
I thought it was funny. I just needed to clarify so we didn't get yeah. canceled on com for not being oh, media literate. I'm sorry. I lo- I like how the I like slash how J. not slash J. Like I, I I do like how the the violence is woman on woman violence. It was like she was like yeah, and I hate women. I think we also need to talk about um what was the fucking other robot's name? Logan. Bruce? 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 <laughs> Logan? Bruce? Who the fuck is Logan? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought, no. I think I was thinking about Logan Roy. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Why you... Guys, okay. guys, well, help Logan Roy and Megan are in a cage match. <laughs> Megan's clearing. That's actually what happened in Succession when he died. Spoilers for Succession. Um, he actually got killed by Megan in that airplane. <laughs> it was Tom Wamskins and Megan were both there. No, because I know that Megan is going up to fucking. I almost said Jeremy Strong. That is the character's name. <laughs> she's going up to Kendall Roy and be like, "You know what, Kendall? You're exhausting." And she's right. <laughs> I like the Wait. idea of Megan being the secret fifth Roy sibling. <laughs> Wait, okay, no, because here's the thing. I need to see Shiv Roy and Megan have a conversation about literally anything. <laughs> I have to. Megan could get a bob like Shiv has, and they can have a bob off, and that would be the moment. If Megan does not have a fuck-ass bob in the second movie, what are we doing? Megan could have the cuntiest bob, like, known to man. Um, I actually hope she's, that in, in having... the next movie, she doesn't have a body. It's an Alexa that has been tied to like a drone and has like a, like the blunt bob wig from Gone Girl and is floating around. <laughs> she, the next quote that I have written down is Gemma being like, you killed someone and Mega being like, oh, big whoop. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was just one of her cuntiest moments. And then, of course, there's the iconic, you know something, Gemma, you're exhausting. That was good. Um, I just, you know what else I noticed? I think about the unrated version is that they were allowed to say fuck more. Because um, I don't remember when Gemma, when Megan, like, comes to the house and is, like, holding Gemma down on the table. And Katie comes in and is like, what, the, what is going on? Megan is like. If she comes in here, I'll tear your head right off your fucking neck. I swear to God. <laughs> I was like, what? yes, oh, she doesn't. She doesn't fuck. say fuck in the theatrical release. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, total side note: I looked up some of the other stuff that the voice actor for Megan was in. Um, she was in Infinity Train. What is the actress's name? Um, I'm on IMDb. Jenna Davis. She's been in a lot of stuff. Um. She was in Infinity Train. She played Lucy. She played, like, a couple different characters. That's crazy. She was in Raven's Home. She was in that movie Chicken Girls. Oh, wow. About those YouTubers. Um, wow. Lots of... She was in Sophia the First. What? <laughs> Sophia the First versus so, Megan. Thoughts? She... I just think it's funny how she's only 19, so it's probably like 17 or 18 recording the lines for Megan, and she ate so hard. I do have to say something that, like, two, probably two people, maybe three people, there's someone on Twitter who I know who might get this, but probably two people, being me and Jess, will get this. But I swear to God, especially towards the end, Megan sounded so much like Sothis from Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses. No, because you're fucking right, she did, though. And here's another, to bring it around to Star Wars, that actress who, oh my god, whose name escapes me. Cassandra also Lee Gell- Morris. Uh, 
Cassandra Lee Morris also played Galenatai in Battle of Jeddah. Um, so, but it was just really funny because I swear I was like, oh my god, I can just imagine her being like, well, I'm sorry that I'm the progenitor god, but you, I will kill you. I was thinking we should go around and give our ratings. Um, and I, you know, just off the cuff, what we thought, any final thoughts on this film? I really liked it. I thought it was super fun. I think my only real critique is that I thought there could have been more killing. And I think, like, the resolution with Katie, like, where Gemma and Katie have this conversation, because there's a very chilling line where Katie is, like, in that video that they had made to show at the live stream, where Katie was like, she looks at me the way my mom used to look at me, like I'm the only thing that matters. And that made Gemma be like, oh my god. So then they, she has that conversation with Katie where she's like, you are the only thing that matters to me now. I really liked that scene. I just feel like Katie's sort of issues got resolved really fast. Um, and I feel like, and I think for the type of movie it was, that was okay. I wasn't expecting it to have like a real like healing arc for this child. Like, I think it would have been nice to see a little bit more of her coming around to being like, well, okay, maybe this maybe she's learning and maybe she's coming to accept Gemma but I thought you know I thought it was fine and for that reason I am giving it M four and a half gin that is my rating <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh okay am I am I next how many yes. how many how many how many Megans do I give it out of five okay so I think I'm really jaded by the amount of media that I consume. Um, and so sometimes when I watch something and I'll be like, well, this message is obvious. Like, okay, whatever. So at first I was like, okay, like this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. But then we've talked about it and I was like, okay, it's a little deeper than I thought it was going to be. So <sighs> the problem is that I, I keep a four and a five for very special, for very special things. So I'm going to have to keep it. Keep it the original Megan M3 Gin. Three Megans. I, I, <laughs> maybe it's because I didn't watch the unrated cut. Maybe I needed to where she said fuck more. Um, but, <laughs> but I don't know. Now I'm reconsidering because we talked about it and it was deep. So I don't know. But I don't know. It's maybe it's just because like I reserve the four and the five for very special things. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe one can convince me. This is not because everyone bothered me to watch Megan and then I thought it was overhyped. It was more just that I was like, okay. Yeah. No, I've I, seen this kind of story before. I, I really get it. Um, Claudia hates women and that is okay yeah. with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Misogyny. I hate again. women yeah. in STEM. Like I said, like my gender, you know, <laughs> if heaven exists, it wouldn't be for people who took a year to watch Megan like Claudia. Now would it? Anyway. I love so the idea my, that Claudia is not seeing the pearly gates because of her rating of yeah. a film in which a robot doll murders like four people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my, my Reagan. My Reagan? <laughs> my rating. I just, <laughs> I just almost died. If Megan existed during the Reagan administration, we wouldn't have Stop. these problems. Megan Reagan. Anyway, 
so um i i don't know i as you all know i went and watched the opening day and um was crazy about it and tried to bully claudia for a good while into watching this movie because i i thought she was very um cunty she was very slay um and i i did enjoy uh like although like like ollie said i wish they could have like touched more on the the grief on and how like um you know grief doesn't get dealt with that easily but you know obviously this is a work of fiction so there's some suspense of disbelief here but i i did like the moment in the the film too with like Gemma telling like you know Katie that's just like you know it's okay for you to like feel bad like this when Katie's like oh I want to be with Megan because when because uh, you know I get like this and Megan makes me like not feel like bad like that uh, Gemma being like no it's okay you know you went through something bad so you're allowed to feel like that and I wish there was like more moments like that in the film so um and I maybe just because I don't really like gory stuff so I was okay with it not being like Megan's like kill fest galore too <laughs> so for that I will um give it much like Ollie like uh, um m 4.5 gin <laughs> so four and a half gin <laughs> um I also really liked this movie I don't know I had a lot of fun watching it and often I like I, I think that like I rate movies differently based on what their intentions were and I think that um I do wish that there'd been more time for like the emotional points of the plot because those are interesting but I also did not walk into the theater sort of hoping for a meditative discussion of childhood grief I walked in to see a slay robot murder people and that's almost exactly what I walked out with so for that reason, I will be also giving it um, M four point five gins, uh, <laughs> 4.5 megans for me <laughs> about about this this stunning work of art because she does a dance number and also commits murder in the same scene. And I wish that more of the girls like so true. She's sort of pearl coated in that way. Like I don't know. I, I'm seeing a, I'm seeing some parallels to Pearl. I feel like they could hang. I'm sorry I'm on this podcast with some cowards. Um, I'm going full, full, full blast. Um, this is Mafivegin, um, out of five Megans. I think in terms of impact that the story has had on me and my psyche over the past um, 300 and almost 65 days, um, that... I can't give it anything lower. Like, it would be criminal of me. Like, I would have to be executed um, in, f- in front of Megan-themed firing squad. Um, like, they have it a un- yeah, universal. Yeah, like the universal like, where they did little- the little dancey dance. Exactly. Um, I just think that, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm also... Not to be like <laughs> gives it gives a, a fuck ass movie five out of five stars. I'm actually really picky about what I give five stars, um, but I do feel like in terms of when I I rate things or talk about them in that capacity, that like impact is very important to me. Will this narrative stick with me? Is something I think about consistently. Yes, I will tell you this. I can't 
I'm trying to think the last Oscar award-winning movie besides like everything everywhere all at once that like had an impact on me Megan Megan should win every Oscar is what I'm saying anyways you know what Mel you saying that you're right but like thinking about how this movie has impacted me I'm changing my rating too it's going up to to Mifagin you're you're so right Mel because this movie changed my my brain chemistry the moment I watched it on January 6th of 2023 <laughs> and nothing else happened ever on the January 6th just Megan that's the perfect ending thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of RuPalp's Day Off. Um, we really appreciate you sticking with us through our hiatus, and we hope you stick with us for future installments of this show. We're going to drop an episode every two weeks, so two Sundays from now you will see us again. And make sure you're following us for updates on Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitter for the time being. Um, we're at RuPalp's Pod Race. There will be updates there. We do have a plan. We are going to tell you what our next RuPaul's Day Off is going to be about. So you can prepare and you can come ready. Next week, we are going to be talking about the iconic, the legendary Five Nights at Freddy's. And it will be... Thank you! Thank you! (laughs) It will be okay if you just have watched the movie. Um, No one's coming in expecting you to know all of the extensive lore of all of the games. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about Five Nights at Freddy's. So, tune in. We'll be looking forward to talking about it. If you want to ask us any questions, you can send it in our Tumblr ask box or email us at rupalpspodrace at gmail.com. And if you really like the show, we always appreciate reviews on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, Overcast, anything that accepts reviews. It really helps us out. Tell a friend, etc. If you want to hear more from us, uh, Jess is a cast member on the High Republic Tabletop RPG podcast for Lightning Dice. Um, Claudia and I have the Mystery Spotcast, which is our Supernatural re- re- uh, recap podcast. We are about to get to season four, so it's very exciting. It's a very exciting time. But please tune in. We always appreciate it. And may the force be with you. And don't crip it up. Waka waka. Waka waka. Waka waka. I I always come back. <laughs>